This is Notoriously Episcopalian. My name is Kelly Hudlow. This is a podcast of sermons and musings all about the Christian faith and especially about being an Episcopalian. This is a sermon for the first Sunday of Advent, November 29th, 2020, offered at St. Paul's Episcopal Church in Greensboro, Alabama. The principal text of the sermon is Mark chapter 13, verses 24 through 37, part of Jesus' apocalyptic discourse. May I speak in the name of one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. An interesting fact is that we spend nearly a third of our lives asleep. Scientists can't really explain why we need to sleep, but we know that if we go without sleep, bad things happen. Our mental health deteriorates, we get physically sick, we can actually even die if we don't get enough sleep. As needed as sleep is, we don't know very much about it. It's just sort of this strange thing that our bodies do every day, if we're lucky. We do know that there are two kinds of sleep. There's that part of sleep where everything slows down, including the brain. But then there is another phase of sleep, you know, I'm here called REM sleep, where the brain is just as active as when you are awake, but your muscles are paralyzed. You need reasonable amounts of both phases of sleep to keep healthy and to keep functioning. Given how weird sleep is, it makes sense that falling asleep or waking up from sleep has strangeness associated with it. We actually have a fancy word for that time right as you begin to fall asleep. It's called hypnagogic state. It's that state of being between being awake and asleep. It comes from us from the Greek, hypna meaning sleep, agagos meaning leading or drawing forth. It was coined by a French doctor in 1886 when he was studying the hallucinations that people seem to have in this moment when they drift off to sleep. Now before you think, There's no way I've had a hallucination when drifting off to sleep. You should know that 70% of people experience in the hypnagogic state what is called a hypnic jerk. And you may think, I don't know what that is, but I bet you you do. If you've ever fallen asleep sitting up, like I often do on my couch when trying to watch a movie, and suddenly your whole body jerks or you feel like you're falling, That is a hypnic jerk and is part of this in-between state of being awake or being asleep. I tend to do this on the couch watching movies or waiting in airports when a flight gets delayed, when I'm doing my best to stay awake but my body is just so tired that my head starts to drop, I feel like I'm falling and then boom, I'm back awake again. Sometimes it's really scary, particularly if it happens when you're kind of in the midst of that REM sleep and you maybe are having a really involved dream and then suddenly you feel like you're tumbling, tumbling, tumbling and you think you're about to hit the ground and you snap yourself back awake. We don't know why the body does this. It just seems to be a trick of the brain that happens between those two states of being awake and being asleep. 
Some doctors explain it that it's a way to protect ourselves, right? Before we were sleeping in couches or airport benches or beds, we were sleeping probably in the branches of a tree or on a cliff or somewhere outside. And so our body would interpret our muscles relaxing like we were about to fall and snap us back awake to make sure we didn't fall out of whatever limb we had decided to take a nap on. It was to protect us, to keep us alert and awake when there might be a reason for us to be concerned. In those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light and the stars will be falling from heaven and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. These words from Jesus particularly in what we normally consider a holiday season, are designed to shake us awake, to be a hypnic jerk, to get us out of the in-between state of being awake and being asleep. While we are ready to wander our way to, the crisp, to Christmas in the manger, we are greeted with a vision of the end of the world. It's jarring, and it's supposed to be. Mark, all of the Gospel of Mark, is a jarring story. At just 16 chapters, some 14,900 words, give or take, it's the shortest of the four Gospels. The writer of this text is short and to the point. Jesus appears, a grown man, and is immediately launched into his ministry. In fact, the Gospel uses the word immediately 42 times, more than any other book in the New Testament. Jesus is always in action in this gospel. He's dramatic. The gospel was meant to be a read, aloud, performed, if you will, in front of a congregation in a matter of hours. Perhaps more than any of our other gospels, it is actually a story, a drama that you could hear in a complete evening, a drama that is hurried throughout through the point where Jesus enters Jerusalem. Then time slows down. And the writer tells the stories not in these big jumps of time, but instead in days and then hours as we move towards the cross. Our passage for today is called the Apocalyptic Discourse, if you like fancy Bible words. It's spoken by Jesus just outside of Jerusalem. It's one of his last teachings. It begins a few verses earlier as Jesus and his disciples leave the temple and Jesus just sort of casually turns and says, not a single stone will be left standing. Peter, James, and John are smart enough by now to not ask about this immediately with the crowds. And so when we get to our reading today, they are actually on the Mount of Olives and they go to Jesus and say, can you give us a sign for when this terrible thing is going to take place? They want to know what to look for. Jesus gives some warnings, some things to look for, but what he really makes clear is that no one is going to know the day or the hour. No one on earth, no angel in heaven, only God the Father. What he wants his disciples to focus on is not on how to read the signs, but instead on how to keep alert and to keep awake. What comes next in this story, immediately after Jesus tells his disciples to keep awake, is his 
arrest and betrayal and trial and crucifixion. In the Garden of Gethsemane, he's going to say to Peter, James, and John these same words, keep awake, only to come to them three times to find them sleeping and to ask them, could you not keep awake one hour? Most scholars agree that the Gospel of Mark was written after the temple in Jerusalem had already been destroyed. So Jesus' prediction was more of the writer's interpretation of what the event felt like to be there in that moment with the temple destroyed, that it felt like the end of the world, but yet it wasn't. Since the time of Jesus, there have been about 160 dates prophesied for the end of the world. Over half of those occurred in the 20th and 21st century. There are currently seven predicted end dates, end of the world dates, between 2020 and 2022. You may be surprised to learn that all of us sitting here this morning have been living in the end times for most of our lives. And 2020 may feel like the year that it's finally going to come. Our church is closed. We, had, we have a pandemic. We face sickness and death and fear and division. But we are not called to read the signs of these times to predict when Christ will come in glory. Instead, our instruction today is the same as it was then, to keep awake and to do the work that we have been given to do. If you're wondering what that work is, I invite you to open the Book of Common Prayer to the baptismal service, and there you'll find the five questions that we are all asked or asked on our behalf and that we reaffirm when we are confirmed in the church. Our work is to continue in the apostles' teaching and fellowship in the breaking of bread in the prayers whether our church is open or not. To persevere in resisting evil and repenting and returning to the Lord, to proclaim the good news of God in Christ, to seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbor as ourself, even if we don't get along with them. To strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being even when they look different than us. We are not called to read the signs of the time, but we are called to keep awake and to do the work. And so what I say to you all today as we enter this season of Advent is simply keep awake. Amen.